What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. We're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about finance and business. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best and before we introduce today's guest, my brother Eric from Huntsville, Alabama, who do you have for our Black Men Sunday Spotlight? Today's spotlight is going to be focused on this realtor by the name of Lori Woodoff. Now, the thing about Miss Lori Woodoff, she shows other realtors and entrepreneurs at least how to add one more string of income to survive in an active market, well, surviving the up and down market as we have it right now. Now, Miss Woodoff was born in Washington, D.C. This realtor, author, and entrepreneur has set waves on the internet. We went to real estate markets in Maryland and DC for 22 years and taught her a few things about money. And it came to her very quickly and it also can go very quickly. Now, growing up with both parents, with teachers and entrepreneurs, her parents always wanted to make sure that Lori had active or access to activities and a good education. One thing that lacked was in connection to money or credit. Now, while working during this time, Lori shared some information that happened in 2016. She remembers sitting at the side of her bed and scrolling through her bank accounts. She said she had three accounts at the time. One account had $4.39. Another account had $47.60. And the last one had a dollar and one in a penny. And she looked in like, dang, I barely got no money about groceries and gas. So working during this time, Lori discovered how depression can easy creep in and try to shut your life down. So while real estate is doing well, her connection to investing money and credit was not the best. So because of this, it was it was a total uphill mission to make sure realtors and entrepreneurs increase their money by adding at least one more stream of income. Now, again, this was a pivotal moment and the reason why Laura is super passionate about seeing others succeed. Now through depression, low bank accounts, inconsistent income, and a consistent drive to never give up, she discovered personal development was the key to making it out of this entrepreneurship ride. Now, today, Laura teaches personal development through her money, real estate, credit, marketing, and business building classes. She decided or dedicates her time to show realtors and entrepreneurs to how to increase their monthly income by at least $10,000 or more. She encourages others to focus on what you want and be relentless about getting it. Now, Lori enjoys seeing a few other realtors and entrepreneurs go through the transformation of a lifetime. Now, again, that's my focus for today. Lori Woodall, realtor, entrepreneur. Now, Corey, back to you. Thank you, Eric. Hey, man, thank you for that Black Man Sunday spotlight. We missed you last week on the show, man. You and one of our other brothers, y'all had uh, deaths in the family. So I'm sending my deepest condolences to you and my brother, Kalali, who lost his father. So, Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, man. So, you know, Black Men Sunday's buying, but we, you know, we keep this thing going. But without further ado, man, let's go on and introduce today's guest, man. When I met this brother, my boy Blade, his name is Corey, too. Introduce me to this brother here. Next thing I know, I'm starting to get pamphlets to my door. Like, who is this brother? Oh, he's a financial advisor. This brother's an author. When we talk about mailbox money, this brother is the, he running that thing right there. I'm talking $10 a month. And he making people's dreams come true. But I got to clear something up because I've heard people say Joe Farrar, Joe Farrer, 
It's Joe Ferrer. Let's go on and get this brother's name right. So without further ado, Joe Ferrer, man, welcome to Black Men Sundays, brother. How you doing? Man, I, I, I've played football uh, many years and I had announcers mess my name up all the time. So you pretty much hit all the ways I've been called, but, you know, it's Joe Ferrer. So I'm um, happy to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me on uh, Black Men Sundays. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, I, I just want to go ahead and dive right in because when I think of mailbox money, you know, we had Philip Deems on the show uh, right before Christmas. And when I walked in his brewery, you just see mailbox money gear lined up with all the Apopka, the Wakaiva High, all the gear there. I'm like, wow, this he's doing a big thing. So where did the idea of mailbox money come from? So when people hear mailbox money, initially you think about money or making money. And it's a little bit quite the contrary. Uh, mailbox money is really about giving away money. Um, so one of the biggest things uh, that took me from just being an average financial advisor to one of the top 5% globally was when I made a true commitment to give. You know, I've, I've always kind of acted like I gave before. And I mean, I gave. But we, we know when Sunday comes around, what we give and what we should be giving um, can be can be quite uh, different. And I always gave, but I knew that it wasn't what I was supposed to. So I made a commitment. And once I made that commitment to give, uh, my life changed. Um, and I gave thinking that I would have less. And, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't the way it is. So what mailbox money does is what I went through was I felt like I needed to get more before I could give more. So I wanted to create a platform for people that think just the way that I thought at the time and make it easy and convenient for people to be able to make a commitment um, to giving. Um, so we have a platform where it's $10 a month. Our, our saying is you don't have to be rich to give because I want people to experience the same um, freedom and the same excitement and progression in my career that giving uh, has created me. And that's how we have this platform um, to allow people to give. Definitely. And I see it's $10 a month. I saw during the Christmas holidays, you guys would drop gifts off. And then in the new year, I'm seeing you guys are helping people uh, pay for the closing costs on their home. So, you know, when people, a lot of times when people think, okay, I'm giving $10 a month, they immediately think holidays, but just what type of, uh, you know, around the year, what type of investments is this $10 going toward besides holiday gifts? So so one thing is that we are um, non-needs based. So when you think of most nonprofit organizations, you think about the giving to people in need. And what we do is our board comes up with these ideas and concepts. So we know how much we're going to spend. We know where we're going to go. So that part is pretty set forth. What we don't know is who is the recipient going to be. Uh, whoever happens to be there at that time, it's going to be, they're going to be the ones to receive. And we're just in the act of spreading kindness because everyone needs kindness. And we have hit people that are obviously going to be in need, but we've hit a lot of people that don't appear to be in need, but when they got it, it was just the right time. So something that we do that's really unique is um, not being needs-based and also not being cause-based because we can give to multiple types of causes. We give to kids, the elderly, we give to homeless, we just do fun stuff. So we, we like the idea that we're doing multiple things, not just Christmas, um, Christmas time. Great information. And in the intro, I said that you are a financial advisor. We're in the new year. A lot of brothers shopped it up for Christmas. They spent a lot on their cards. So as a financial advisor, what tips can you give 
so we can get our cards paid down a little quicker. To get our cards paid down, I mean, the fir first and foremost, to get your cards paid down, you've got to be able to, you know, look at your budget, right? Be able to look at which cards you have that are that are charging you the most interest, right? Because if there's just one card, that's one thing, but typically people got multiple cards. So you've got to look at, well, which one of these cards is charging me the highest interest? And you probably would want to focus your efforts on that particular card. Um, but what we don't want to do in this season is think just because we've got some debt that we can't give, right? And that's the trap that people fall in is they think, oh, no, I owe money. Let me pay this stuff off. I'll focus on giving later. Um, whether you're in debt, not in debt, giving should be a part of what you do at all times. So to answer your question, look at the highest credit card, but don't stop giving, even if it's $10 a month, $5, whatever you can do, can make giving part of what you do. Definitely great information. And, you know, just doing a little research on you, I keep coming up with these four disciplines. Let's talk about that and just how, just where did you get those disciplines and how they're shaping your life? All right. So the disciplines were basically when I wrote the first book, Mailbox Money, um, it was really just about, hey, Joe, how did you go from being just, you know, okay to, to really being fairly successful in this industry? And I pretty much created you know, a story and the book was titled Mailbox Money. And I wrote a, a story laying out the principles of, of how I became successful. And I created this, um, this story that people love. So check out Mailbox Money. It's on Amazon and all those places. But I kind of laid out the secrets of my success as these four disciplines um, that you have to be able to attain. And it's just told through this story. But by reading the book Mailbox Money, you'll get a, a an idea of what are the things that kind of propelled me from a business standpoint. And then as you read on, you'll see where the giving kind of comes in down the road. Gotcha. Great information, man. And one thing I forgot to say, this brother has a degree from university of Notre Dame. He's Go also, Irish. Yeah. Go he's Irish. Also, yeah. He's also the proud of Lake Howell as well. My boy Blake would kill me if I didn't mention that. So I had to take it there, man. So, Absolutely. Um, what advice would you have for brothers that want to invest in real estate, but they're like, ah, the rates are so high. They're hesitant. They're sitting here saying, you know what? I'll just wait till next year. Maybe the rates will go down. Is that a smart idea to do? Or is it smart to just dive right in now? I mean, that's a loaded question, right? So what, 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 and I mean, that's what you're paid the big bucks to do is ask the loaded questions, right? So what I'll say to that question is, um, it really, again, depends on one situation. Um, as being in a financial advisor for 20 plus years, uh, there's not a lot of blanket advice that you could just give and say, all right, this applies to everyone, okay? So it depends on what their current living situation is. I mean, how much are they paying where they're currently living? Is this mortgage going to end up being a, a cheaper situation for them than what they're currently paying in rent? How much more is it going to be? Are they going to be able to afford that move? Because what happened back in 08 of houses dropping half the price and, you know, townhomes for $15,000, I don't think we'll see that happen again. So if people are waiting for that, then they're mistaken. Now, are rates going to possibly go down? Yes, they will. Um, but then you're going to have more people. Then you probably won't be able to find the home. Um, because there's now more people looking to buy homes at that point in time. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. So I think if you have the means, right, 
and it and you're able to not have to pay two different rent and mortgage, then I'd say it's it's fine time to be able to go. There's less people out there looking, so you'd have more options to be able to choose from. Where we know how it was before, you know, by the time you see a house, there's 100 people that are already jumped on that one property. And now it's not like that. Everyone that I've spoken to in the books I've read says the stock market always comes back, but it just doesn't seem like it's coming back right now. So I feel like a lot of brothers and sisters are losing optimism in the stock market. Is that a smart thing to do or should we just continue to buy more because it's quote unquote on sale at this time? Yeah, it, it is on sale and there's something called dollar cost averaging. So you kind of you know, average yourself into the market just by contributing the same amount every single month. And you know that by making that contribution, you're going to buy when it's on sale, you're going to buy when it's priced right, and you're also going to buy when it's overpriced. But if you're buying it at all different points in times, of it's going to average itself out to the average cost. So you're going to be fine. Now, if you're just dropping a boatload of money in today, well, then you want to make sure that is now the right time to invest. But I think for most people that are kind of investing on a monthly basis or weekly basis, um, just continue to invest and don't think about it because you're buying at all points in times and it will average itself out. So you're putting too much thought into it if you're trying to time the market by, oh, I'm in now and now I'm not going to go in. That That's the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, because I felt like for me, at first, I would kind of, okay, wait for the stock to go down, then it no. would go down, I would buy a few, then it, it would keep going down. I'm like, man, you know, it buy, sometimes buy you... some more, exactly. then go buy some more, exactly, and, and just keep on buying it and it all will be well. But uh, COVID turned everybody into uh, stock traders, and everybody and their mama thought that they were going to retire and, 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 and go off into the sunset, you know, as, as a stock trader, day trader. And, you know, reality is hit. People are not qualified. They don't have the training. They don't have the experience to be able to 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 play in this field. So allow the professionals to do it. Um, go talk to professionals uh, or you're going to put your family in jeopardy by 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 trying to just go go about it yourself. Now, in your opinion, is it a smart idea to do the individual stocks with the Robin Hoods, with the chases, or is it better to do the group stocks? Um, I think if you're just a person just starting out, then you need to be able to, you know, mutual funds or ETFs are great strategies to be able to get invested in because your your highs aren't going to be as high, but nor, nor is your lows. You know, Peloton stock was $180 at one point and it's, it got down to like six bucks. Regular, you can't stomach that. You understand? So I would definitely say um, you need to be able to if, if you've got a small portion of your portfolio that you want to just do that with, then that's fine. But any of your serious money, go get it with a serious advisor um, and, and or put those dollars with a major uh, fund and, and, and invest that way. And let's go back to the mailbox money. Um, sure. Because I just think that's a phenomenal thing you're doing. $10 a month. And you're really creating dreams for a lot of people. So also what I noticed when I was in uh, Phil Deem's brewery, three odd guys, I noticed you had shirts in there. So yeah. if I was to buy a shirt, what percentage of that shirt uh, goes into the $10 a month, if you will? Or That's a great question. So if you're an engager, you can buy the stuff at, at half price. So an engager is someone that contributes to $10 a month. You're kind of like a member. So you get to buy stuff at half price 
on shopglobalmailboxmoney.com. But if it, if you're a non-engager and you say, hey, man, I just want to rock the merch. I like it. You're going to pay a higher price for the merchandise. Like this hat is $60, shirt $60. We have a shirt that says giving over receiving. It's $125 shirt. But if you're a non-member, you might say, you know what? I'm going to give $125 for the shirt. Well, half of that cost is going to the cause. You know what I mean? Over half of that money is going towards the cause. So you know that you're giving by just rocking a shirt anyway. And I say that to say, when you give $100 to any other organization, do they give you anything? In most cases, they really don't. You're just giving. So in our case, you're getting the shirt, but you're also making a contribution um, at the same time. So shopglobalmailboxmoney.com. Shirts and hats are about $60 a piece. For non-members, members will be um, half cost. They'll get a code and they can put that code in. So, you know, become a member and and, and get that gear, you know? Yeah, because I'm sitting here saying, I think once this call is over, I'll probably have you sign me up for the $10 a month. I've been hearing too much about it. I've been hearing Absolutely. Phil Deems talk about it. I was like, yeah. not, you know, it's time for me to get in the game, man. It's, it's been too long. So I mean, cool. But wait, let me just stop you right there. Just imagine, right? If we're just a global community of people that just say, yo, $10 a month, no big deal. I'm jumping in that. I'm all over that. Just imagine we get a few celebrities that say, yo, Corey Murray, yo, he's in it. I'm in it. They say it. A couple other people. Now imagine what we can do just as regular people. No government assistance. We're not waiting for no catastrophe to happen before we start giving and try to get people's, but we're just giving all the time for the sake of spreading kindness as this global community of powerful people that just believe in a better better and more kind world and that's what we're trying to do man we're really trying to change the spirit of the world at at its core with just spreading kindness so um i always like to use those what if scenarios what if this thing works out to be the way it needs to you know yeah and where did you get the ten dollars a month from so it's in the book. So you kind of read the book and you'll kind of see where I got that from. But at the end of the day, it's about micro philanthropy. So it's about, you know, the idea of when you think of philanthropy, you think about the white gray headed guy in a suit at a at a big, you know, gala, you know, $100 plate, $200 plates. So we're trying to focus on micro philanthropy. Yeah, we've got some people that give us big dollars. But we got a whole lot more people that give us the $10, smaller dollars. And we want to show people that that's where it's at. It's about the numbers, about getting just regular people to commit. Many hands equal light work. So we're focusing on that smaller, regular, just regular person rather than going out there and trying to um, smooth over all the all the big wigs and big corporations. So we believe in micro philanthropy and we think, by doing that together, we can make an impact. How can micro philanthropy or just philanthropy in general contribute to generational wealth? Good question. So, um, and I just spoke with another client of mine, and and I and he's asking me about all of his accounts that he's got going right, and he's like, "Man, I got this amount in savings, this amount." And he's asking me for some advice, and I was like, "Man, we've come a long way," because I remember when this guy was up to his head in debt. And I was like, man, he was like, Joe, you know what? He's like, when I started giving, and he's a part of Mailbox Money as well, he says, yo, it changed my entire life. And when you're thinking about that, I think you put money in its place, okay? My philosophy is 10, 20, 70. You give 10%, 
um, save 20, and then you live off of 70, okay? Most people are 99-1, okay? They're going to live off of 99, and if they got one at the end, potentially, they might give something, and most people don't even give 1%. So um, I think when you put money in the beginning and you say, I'm giving first, giving is it's going to happen. Then I'm going to save and then I'm going to live. You're, you're putting money in, in its place. And I think far too many times money controls people um, instead of people controlling money. And so when you're thinking about generational wealth, the only way you can get to that point is when you've got a control on money. No one's getting to generational wealth and they don't have a control on money if they want it to be sustained. They can get it and lose it, but to sustain it, you've got to understand the role that money plays and giving is huge um, because as good, as fast as it comes, it's as fast as it can go. You know, our show is about generational wealth, Joe. Um, what careers are you seeing that would help brothers create generational wealth? I mean, I think it's, you know, you've got this metaverse stuff that's coming up, right? And there's a lot of people that are trying to become experts in that space. And I think what people have to do is they have to look at the trends and they have to say, how can I become an expert in a place where people are going to begin to want information? So where whether it's the metaverse, even whether it's the crypto, right? Now that the crypto's kind of went up, went down, and the dust kind of settles, someone needs to become the experts and see, well, how does blockchain kind of play a role in our future? And can I become an expert? Now that you got all the people not trying to get this coin and that coin, and it kind of levels out, you need some experts in this space. So I think the tech space is going to be is going to be high, um, even in the financial services side. I think if you like the day trading space, then you got to be able to become accredited and and go to school and get your CFA and you know get the right type of knowledge and not just all YouTube University. Right, YouTube University is good, but you you really got to get some real life knowledge and some teaching and things like that if you want to be in this in this space. So that's another great space I think that um, a lot of brothers and sisters can get involved with is just the financial services industry as well. So if I'm looking in your portfolio, what am I going to see in your portfolio? Oh man. So I'm, I'm pretty broad. So you're definitely going to see we've got ETFs and your more traditional type investments, right? So I do have a stock basket as well. I've got some stocks that I manage. I've got the ETFs and funds that I that I was mentioning earlier. Um, right now, my I don't have a lot from a bonds perspective. Um, my safe assets are going to be in cash um, because it's not going to go down. And bonds were negative last year, and I have a large amount of uh, permanent life insurance. Uh, permanent life insurance is a fantastic asset class for for my safe dollars. So that's one thing. We've got real estate as well. Um, ultimately, you know, I own multiple businesses as well. Um, thinking about, you know, doing some other stuff. So you're going to see businesses, you're going to see real estate. Um, you're going to see funds, you know, we, we've got a little bit of, 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 of everything. I don't think there's one way to skin a cat. Gotcha. And we've had a guest from last week and we actually had a millionaire on a month ago talking about streams of income. He believes seven streams of income, seven streams. That's it. Okay, so so you believe in that same strategy? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Wholeheartedly, you you hit the number right on the head. It's seven 
seven streams is what you should have coming in. And uh, that was great advice. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking for me, okay, I have, you know, a few streams of income, but I really only think I have like three or four. So what, cause a lot of brothers are saying, well, listen, I have my job. I have a house, even though I'm paying a mortgage on it, that's still a stream of income because if I need to sell it, I can. What are some good streams of income that we may not even be thinking about? All right. So at, at some point, you're also building things to become streams of income. Okay. So it may be one stream. It may not, you might not see that stream now, but you may invest into a couple of things with the hopes that they turn into streams, okay? So there's some businesses that you can be a part of and sometimes you can be a silent partner in those types of things, right? Where you can say, okay, I like what you're doing, but I don't have the time and you maybe get an equity share in that particular business or that particular investment. There's these group real estate ventures that people are part of where, okay, I can't go buy that big commercial unit, but together... We can all put our dollars together and we can go buy that group commercial unit that is going to yield us some money after a certain point in time. So I think looking at collaborating with others um, as well and also look and also understanding the biggest thing I'll tell you is that most of your your streams of income take time to build. Far too many people think, all right. I want that stream of income tomorrow. And when you give them the roadmap of when that stream of income is going to come about, a lot of people just are not, they're just not savvy enough to want to be able to, to go through what it takes to be able to get that stream of income. They just can't stomach that. So people don't. And they just say, look, I'm just going to focus on the one stream or two streams I got and that's it. But some streams you're going to have to sow into it, sow into it, sow into it um, until it, until it eventually kind of pans out through the, hard times through the, okay, I'm saving this money, but now I need to use it because I have an emergency. Two, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you three things. One, okay. people don't have their a proper emergency reserve set up. That's one. That's major right there. Um, two, uh, we are notoriously, and I'm speaking about, I mean, people in general, but I mean, it's your, your community, black community specifically, right? When it comes to 401ks, we are notorious for wanting to borrow um, people of color and, you know, le leverage and utilize these 401ks prior to retirement for living expenses, living things, right? And I see it so much and I beg people and I tell them, please don't, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take one distribution. It's going to turn into another. Then it's going to turn into another. And then you're not going to have anything at all. Then what? And they all tell me, oh, no, this is the only one I'll do. And I beg them and I see it. And it just hurts me so bad to see it because I advise against that. And then when they get to retirement, there's no money. And then the cycle then continues, right? Um, and then third is, is insurance. So we don't have the savings now. We hurt ourselves. Two, you don't have the retirement when you get to retirement because you've liquidated it or used most of it along the way. And then third, when you die, you leave debt for someone else. So we need to have life insurance. And I'm not talking about 100000 that my job pays. I'm talking 20 to 25 times your income that you should have. If you don't have 20, if you don't have 20, 25 times your income, then you're severely underinsured. 
And that's the type of legacies and generational wealth that we should be passing along, not these $15,000, you know, policies that you got with the funeral or this, you know, like final expense life insurance policy. I'm talking about a big boy, big girl insurance policy to be able to protect your human life value and what you're worth and the income your family would lose over the next, you know, 25 years. And how do you make that up to them financially? What other areas can we can we get into as black people? Increase your 401k savings by at least 1%. So if you have a job and you do have a 401k, I would say increase whatever you're given by about 1% and don't think about a loan. Don't even pretend that that don't even exist. Okay. So increase your contributions. Um, don't be afraid to be able to pay for advice. Okay, um, paying for advice or, you know, mental health and those things, we used to look at that as kind of like, well, that's not for us. We don't do that. And now people are realizing the importance of mental health and paying for that and, and being able to be sound there. It's the same with finances. Don't try to go about it alone. Hire someone, pay somebody to be able to look over your shoulder because just having that person hold you accountable is going to probably be worth much more than you trying to save the money of whatever it costs to work with a person. So don't be afraid to get advice and have someone um, helping you along this, this journey um, towards retirement and generational wealth. And we've had brothers on here that have taken out of their 401k, but they took out their 401k to buy a property with that. Yes. Do you agree with that? Or do you feel like, okay, just don't touch the 401k, just put in, put in, but don't touch it. Or do you No, no, there's definitely not gonna be just a again blanket advice for everyone because that wouldn't be wrong. There's gonna be a ton of people. I know several very successful people who have leveraged their 401k to start businesses and invest in 401ks and things like that. So yes, there are those, but I would not say that that is the majority. I would say it is definitely the minority. Most people are going in there for life things. They've bit off more than they can chew. They've spent more or they're living a certain way that they that their that their current income cannot support. And all they know how to do is say, "All right, where well, where else can I go find money to be able to pay for my current lifestyle?" And then what happens is until they run out of it all, and they say, well, I don't have nowhere else to pull from. That's when they kind of figure it out. But they don't fix their current lifestyle. They just try to go find where can I go and and, and plug the hole. And that's what people do. It's it's primarily from current lifestyle. Biting off more they can true. Vacations, dinners, clubbing, those types of things. And just saying, I'll, I'll figure a way out to do it. And, and they don't. It's not business. When it comes to retirement side, there's four questions that I like to really help clients be able to understand. So this will be good for the people that are listening. So it's one, you know, do, do you know what rate of return that you need to be able to get on your investments so that you can maintain your same level of living and it's not going to, you're not going to run out. If you don't know what rate of return you are, my question is, you know, do you want to know? That's a question that we help people answer, right? Do you know how much you need to be saving? Do you even know what that number is? Are you just saving 3% because it just that's what your friend is saving? But do you know what your number is, right? Do you know what your number is? Do you know what how many years you're going to have to be able 
to continue working past 65 to be able to maintain a certain living. You're just saying you're going to retire at 65. Do you know if that's really what year you're going to be able to retire? What if it was 77? What if you had to work until 80? Do you know that? Those are the questions we answer. And lastly, do you know how much less you're going to have to take um, in retirement based off of what you're doing? Well, if you, if some people say, well, I'm living off of a hundred thousand, I'm living off of 200,000, but on your current trajectory, do you know that you're going to have to live off of a $35,000 income in retirement if you keep doing what you're doing? Well, when do you want to know that? Do you want to know that now? Or do you want to know that when you're 64 and, and you don't have the time on your side? So if you don't know the answers to those four questions, the rate of return, how much you need to save, when you're going to be able to retire, how much income in retirement you're going to have, you need to talk to someone like me because we can help you to be able to understand that. And that will help you to get yourself on the right track. Great information, man. Joe Ferrer, man. Thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. My last question for you, brother. Did you enjoy your Black Men Sundays experience? Man, I, I feel I feel good, man. The energy is good. This is a good vibe. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. There's people out there that can hear this information. I gave some nuggets today that, you know, people pay me good money for my advice and they were able to get some of that on this call today. So I think you guys are doing a fantastic job of spreading um, this type of information. I just want to say, if, you, if you're down with kindness and you believe in the movement of it, you know, go to globalmailboxmoney.com, sign up, man, be a part of what we're doing. We've given out over $75,000 since inception starting from zero um we're doing it so be a part of it join us and let's change the world together all right brother hey thanks for coming on black man sundays joe ferrer enjoy the rest of your day brother peace thank you it's a black man sunday